Welcome to the second episode of AM Infocast's inaugural series, The Journal Series, with Aditya Chandavarkar and me, Abhishek Gokard. Volkswagen-owned sports car brand Cupra adopts additive manufacturing, boosts speed, safety, and efficiency. American celebrity host Jay Leno partners with Stratasys to 3D print custom parts for his classic and supercar collection. Design independence in additive manufacturing made these possible. India's plastic industry leader Supreme Industries Limited adopts additive manufacturing in prototyping, speeds development cycle. HP 3D prints 1.2 lakh or 120,000 key ventilator parts in 24 days for COVID-19 patients. General Motors US tasked with building 30,000 COVID-19 ventilators by the end of August 2020, applies 3D printing in manufacturing, prototyping and production, thereby quickening supply chain significantly. Indian Navy partners with Think3D to 3D print spare parts, making on-demand spare parts manufacturing a reality. While quick and small short-term advantages of adopting 3D printing are clearly notable in these cases, the long-term advantages are way bigger and they are achieved by being smart while adopting 3D printing and through trial and error runs. There is no textbook procedure for adopting 3D printing in the manufacturing process, but with years of experience having worked in the automotive industry, today's guests published research paper titled Selecting Spare Parts for Additive Manufacturing, a Design Science Approach sets guidelines on selecting parts for 3D printing which can be a major help in adopting 3D printing in the long run. Introducing Dr. Atanu Chaudhary, Associate Professor of Operations and Technology Management at Durham University Business School, UK and Adjunct Associate Professor of Operations and Supply Chain Management at Aalborg University, Denmark. Dr. Chaudhary has more than eight years of industrial experience having worked in the automotive industry, consulting and research in India and over nine years of academic experience in India, Denmark and UK. He is also the digital supply chain working group leader of the leading additive manufacturing network, Mobility Goes Additive. Welcome on board, Dr. Chaudhary. Thanks, Avisek. Dr. Chaudhary has written an article on the approach to selecting parts for 3D printing in our recently inaugurated magazine, the AM Chronicle Journal. And our interview today is based on the same. So you have mentioned in your article in the journal that a company should identify its objectives to select parts for 3D printing. And one of the very uh, niche objectives I'll say you mentioned is reducing carbon footprint across life cycle. Now, could you throw some light on the relationship between 3D printing and carbon footprint? Sure. So one of the potential objectives of uh, adapting AIM for spare part production as an example can be reduction of carbon footprint uh, across the spare part supply chain. But it will uh, depend on how critical that objective is uh, with respect to other objectives like downtime reduction and inventory cost reduction. Uh, producing spare parts using AM can have a potential positive impact on carbon footprint as it helps in reducing inventory, reducing transportation costs, though it might lead to higher footprint in production uh, and it has to be worked out. So this life cycle impact on carbon footprint has to be worked out and calculated uh, 
to to assess uh, what is the net net whether there is any net positive impact of producing the spots using am uh, but unfortunately it is little bit hard to do that analysis for thousands of parts so once a company has shortlisted a few parts they might consider assessing that carbon footprint if they consider it is critical for their business there is definitely a relation between carbon footprint and 3d printing but we just wanted to know uh, what are the methods to score these parts can you elaborate more on these methods yes so as i have mentioned also in the article uh, there is no single method for part selection which will work for every company based on our experience of working with multiple companies and helping them with this part selection uh, i could not use a single method which will work for every company and that's why i am i'm confident in making this statement it is important to clarify the objectives and priorities uh, which are needed uh, before any company starts doing this exercise then we need to screen the parts and this screening will be based on multiple factors like part size materials uh, possible lead time and inventory costs uh, in each company will also decide on their own logic and scales to do this screening uh, for example some company might think that they have a high inventory cost so for these particular parts then they will consider those for am some company might think that we already have a lot of inventory for these parts so right now let us not consider this this is also depends on at what stage uh, the company is if they are starting off new uh, they might think like that but if some company has already developed some parts they might then uh, aggressively focus on uh, reducing inventory so what i'm trying to say is this is also very context dependent then whatever is remaining uh, the after the screening process those also needs to be scored based on both technical and supply chain factors the method of scoring will depend on the nature of the parts in the data set and the relationship between the objectives uh, different multi criteria decision making methods can be used to rank these parts uh, but if uh, enough discrimination is not obtained that means there is not much difference in the score between sell of uh, top 50 or top 100 parts there may be a need to do cluster analysis and rank those parts within each specific cluster similarly if the factors on the objectives are highly interdependent there may be need to do more sophisticated uh, uh, methods like fuzzy inference systems and so on but also some cases no data is available there is hardly any data which is available in in some companies and a bottom up approach using more expert knowledge of maintenance technicians and service personnel may be needed similarly if a service provider has already identified a few thousand parts which can be printed uh, then machine learning techniques can also be used to check for patterns for any new part which needs to be evaluated so there is a it is a multiple step process and it depends on the context of different companies yeah because each company's uh, dynamics will be different and basically what mm. you're trying to say is the scoring methodology might be mm. different from company to company and each company will have to evolve it themselves yeah and it also depends on the the nature of the, the parts in their data set so characteristics of the parts so this is very context dependent i will say okay just uh, continuing on this uh, you know line of thought is what is the part selection process for 3d printing a repetitive process yes uh, it does uh, so part selection will be a repetitive process they have to do it multiple times if they do it for the first time they need to repeat let me give an example 
So every time a new product is developed, I mean, in the ideal case, it has to be designed considering AM. If it is not designed specifically considering AM, then its parts need to be evaluated for their suitability for AM. And if the company has already done one round of part selection exercise, they need to evaluate the new parts again, going through this screening process. That's why uh, I mentioned that if a company has already identified a sizable number of parts, uh, then considering those parts as reference points, new parts can be evaluated using machine learning. And this is a process which service providers, many service providers are providing because they have access to a lot of data. They have already maybe 3D printed parts for many companies and they have created those reference parts. Now, if any company comes and tries to evaluate whether this part can be printed or any parts in their portfolio can be printed, very easily they have their own proprietary machine learning algorithms by which they can find out uh, whether this part is printable or not. But if a company is doing it themselves, they have to do this. Uh, I will still suggest they let, they let them do this thing themselves a few times, identify some parts, and then they will also have a set of reference parts so that they don't need to really go through all the steps. They can automate some part of the process because it will be ten, it will tend to be in any way a repetitive process. Okay, I think that 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 answers our question. Uh, yeah, Doctor Chaudhary, three D printing versus traditional manufacturing has uh, always been a hot debate for a few years now, and uh, one point that is always brought up is well, cost. While many argue that uh, 3D printing is a cost-effective, is a more cost-effective option, some feel that it is only the case in certain conditions, as 3D printing is a relatively new technology with limitations. And uh, until it is adopted on a mass scale with more development in the technology itself, that will never be the case. What are your thoughts on this, and uh, which side does your opinion align with? So uh, usually 3D printing will be cost effective if you consider the life cycle cost. That is considering the cost over the life cycle of a usage of the part. So considering inventory cost, transportation cost, any other service related cost. Uh, from some cases, 3D printing will be also be cost effective on a per unit basis in direct comparison with conventional manufacturing. But such cases uh, may not always be true. That's, that's why I mentioned, but over the life cycle, in most cases, 3D printing will be cost-effective. But cost uh, cost reduction should be should not be the primary objective while a company will explore 3D printing. If, for example, lead time reduction, improving productivity, reducing inventory are more important, then it will be much easier to have these positive use cases for 3D printing. Then the company will usually realize that instead of waiting for a supplier uh, who will take uh, maybe a few weeks to deliver that part, and then by, by that time, uh, the business uh, will have to stop or they will not be able to really produce that part. Then it becomes very costly for companies. Maybe their machine will be under downtime. And in such cases, it's much easier to really uh, create that positive use case while 3D printing will be effective. Similarly, for prototyping, reducing development time is usually the overarching objective. But many companies do not want to change the design and wants to evaluate 3D printing with an existing design. So, but the benefits will be obtained only when the part is redesigned for it. Company needs to do a life cycle analysis to really understand what are the overall cost benefits of AM. Similarly, for designing parts, they need to redesign the part for AM. And instead of trying to compare exactly with conventional, that the difficulty if we consider 
one by one on one comparison on a parity basis many times trending will not be the most cost effective one and that might sort of be negative uh, thing for some companies uh, hoping that okay 3d printing will not work for us but that's not the right approach the right approach is to really look at all the business objectives and create a long term business case uh moving to the next one uh, uh if you've seen this in the past 3 months during the pandemic 3d printing has stepped up in a big way with almost every 3d printer on the planet being tasked to printing basic medical equipment and supplies to fight the sudden shortage now do you think this boost will encourage the automotive industry also to adapt 3d printing in a bigger way yes uh, the pandemic has demonstrated that 3d printing can be used for emergency response in a very effective way but uh, we must not still forget that many of these printed ventilator parts uh, may not exactly meet the regulatory guidelines of their particular companies or the printed face shields may not be the most comfortable for the user nevertheless uh, these surely serve the purpose of uh, catering to the uh, need whenever it was needed and if no option was available 3d printing surely was one of the best options to cater to the needs of people and just uh, during this crisis and automotive companies as you know have been involved in producing many of these specials or ventilator parts in their factories uh, but those have we must understand but these uh, parts are very uh, have limited direct relationship with automotive parts automotive companies have to find the right use cases for them across tooling some customized parts of the interiors some spare parts uh, and then they will be able to find maybe th- they have been not been exploring 3d printing so much now if they have 3d printed some face shields or some ventilator parts in their factories it gives them a good confidence but still they have to find out the right use cases for them there are many uh, interesting tooling use cases in automotive some spare parts uh, applications some interior parts as i mentioned for high volume serial production parts it is i'm still it is still few years away uh, and it will need automated quality assurance in my uh, understanding to make it happen otherwise if you have thousands of automotive parts to be produced then uh, 3d printing is still uh, not the best option people will look for alternative conventional uh, manufacturing yes i think uh, that, that's that's a you know uh, case here while while they they might get some confidence but they still need to uh, look at the again the the holistic cost advantage which 3d printing is bringing them and with mm. with more of the ev and focus on more electrical cars there might yeah. be a more push towards uh, automotive uh, using 3d printing or additive manufacturing for some of the components yes absolutely yes and tooling if the company has not started it's a good place to start is tooling applications in their assembly line jigs and fixtures there are many such use cases now across automotive industry and uh, for yes. parts yes surely there are some uh, parts both polymer and some metal uh, obviously larger automotive companies across the world they have been running such projects uh, for many years now uh, bmw volkswagen and others even ford yes. and gm and there will be surely a lot of opportunities but each company has to find out again as i said the, the which are the right application areas for them yes because automotive was one of the first industries which took up prototyping and has been using mm. it quite uh, quite uh, you know well uh, yeah. i'm i'm sure it's now now we are looking at serial production and how to ramp up 
uh, AM's uh, presence, I think that is yeah. where all these questions come into play now. Yes, absolutely. Great. I think uh, that that that's a lot of insight for us on the uh, you know spare part selection part aside and the uh, you know how 3D printing can be used. Uh, you know can kind of accentuate the supply chain. Uh, kind of industry i think that's that's some valuable insight for us uh, dr chaudhary uh, have you by any chance have you been have you got the opportunity to take a look at the aim chronicle journal which we launched recently uh, to share insights about this industry with uh, with the kind of global community yes absolutely and uh, you have done a great job in uh, showcasing latest case studies and development uh, in adoption of aim across the world as well as in india I did look at the PM Chronicle magazine's first issue. We have very informative articles on uh, laser-based metal AM, copper as a new AM material, use of lunar dust, very interesting article, application of AM in uh, oil and gas uh, and energy industry, and also my article on guidance. So I think it, it has a very good compilation of uh, articles, both on the technical side, on, uh, on materials development, as well as some practical applications and i strongly encourage industry professionals from both the end users as well as the service provider community to download and get their copy and i'm sure uh, they will also like to contribute uh, in in the forthcoming issues with this we come to the end of today's episode thank you so much for joining us on aim infocast dr chaudhary and uh, enlightening our listeners with necessary tips on selecting parts for uh, 3d printing thereby helping them adopt this amazing technology in the long run. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Our next episode is a discussion on one of the most unusual topics, 3D printing in the oil and gas industry for a greener future. Stay tuned. Visit amchronicle.com for more updates on additive manufacturing and follow the Indian 3D printing network and AM Chronicle pages on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.